The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. What's going on, everybody? Eric Franson with you on a Thursday. Ajay Salveson will be joining me shortly. He's been hanging out. Utah State, their first practice today, officially underway, going on right now. He's been up there following along. And uh, if you aren't already and you'd like to find out uh, what's going on at these practices, uh, either Ajay or I will be taking turns being at practices and trying to give some uh, live updates on our own Twitter accounts, so you can follow Ajay. He's there today, and uh, you can follow his updates from some of the things that he's been observing. He is at Ajay Salvi. That's at A-J-A... <laughs> i got to go back and read it. Uh, at uh, A-J-A-Y-S-A-L-V-Y. So that's his Twitter handle. I'm at E. Franson. That's at E-F-R-A-N-D... S-E-N. So now both of us will be providing updates when we get up to practices. Uh, now, these first several are open to the public, so anybody can go and, and attend and, and watch what's going on. Uh, but then uh, Utah State will take a, a break and will go for about a week where they don't open it up to the public. They'll have their fall scrimmage, their blue-white scrimmage and fan fest, and then they'll have the, the rest of the practices closed again. After that, so if you'd like to see what this new coaching staff looks like, how they're coaching these players, uh, the, who's going to step into these certain roles, uh, these next uh, next week and a half for sure is um, a, a good time to do it because your opportunities after that will be limited. Uh, speaking of Utah State football, the coaches preseason poll is out today. The top twenty-five poll that the the coaches uh, vote on. A lot of different coaches participate in this, uh, several from the Mountain West as well. Uh, But the top 25 poll is out, and Clemson is number one. Not a huge surprise there. Alabama number two, followed by Georgia, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Louisiana State, Michigan, Florida, Notre Dame, and Texas. That's your, your top 10 Uh, Utah does make it into the top 25 at number 15. Central Florida is the only group of five team that makes the list. They come in at number 17, and uh, the rest are all Power 5 schools. So Utah State, on their schedule right now, will go up against a top 10 team in Louisiana State. Now, LSU, it's going to be a few weeks into the season. That could change, but uh, LSU coming in at number 6. And that's on USU's schedule after a few weeks uh, into it. Uh, Utah State did receive votes. Uh, Boise State, Fresno State also receiving votes. Those three were the only from the Mountain West. Uh, uh, Boise State just on the outside. Uh, So Nebraska uh, is just ahead of Boise State. So Nebraska essentially would be 26. Boise State number 27 if we were to continue this out based on the votes. And then Utah State and Fresno State both getting 32 votes in uh, in the polls, so effectively tied for 35th. So Mountain West Conference, three teams getting uh, votes, uh, essentially Boise State coming in at number 27, 
USU at 35, Fresno State at 35. Interesting that Boise State uh, getting that much more attention than um, than Fresno State or USU, especially since there's a lot of uncertainty about the health of their starting quarterback and who that might be. But nonetheless, top 25 poll is out for the coaches. I suspect that the uh, preseason media poll uh, should be released here shortly as well. But uh, Utah State is getting some votes, getting some recognition, as we might have suspected. Uh, Also, we uh, talked about this uh, yesterday. We heard mostly from Gary Anderson. We heard a little bit from Jordan Love yesterday. It was the media day for USU football yesterday. It was the first opportunity for a lot of us to talk to the players and the coaches outside of what was taking place down in Las Vegas uh, a week a week and a half ago. And so Al Lewis, myself, Ajay Salveson, the three of us were there, and we all got to hear from Coach Anderson and Jordan Love. After that, we all divided up, and we all spoke to different people. In total, we spoke to 16 different people collectively. And we threw all of that audio together, and you can go see it. It's just a big, we called it an audio vault. And you can go hear who you want to hear from of those 16 people. It's on cashvalleydaily.com. And uh, there's a a video you can watch, Gary Anderson, or you can go listen to Gary, depending on how you want to do some things and how you want to interact and use uh, what's there. Uh, But... You, it's uh, it's just called Audio Vault USU Football Media Day 2019, and uh, as I said, 16 different coaches and players are on this list. So Gary Anderson, Jordan Love, you got the offensive and defensive coordinators, you got some position coaches, several position coaches, uh, and then you got uh, there's quite a few players on there: Dominic Eberly, Shaq Bond, Taylor Compton, uh, Alfred Edwards, DJ Williams. Chris Unga, so just to name a few. So if you want to go back and listen and uh, and listen to each one individually, you can do that. Uh, and uh, it's all there on Cash Valley Daily. It's just uh, the the story uh, headline is Audio Vault USU Football Media Day 2019. Very simple, easy to remember, uh, but a lot of content there to go through. And we're going to go through some of that and play some of these uh, interviews in their entirety today just because there was so much good content. It's hard to break it up into pieces. Uh, and so I wanted to start off with wh- who I was impressed with in uh, one of my interviews, and that was Shaq Bond. Uh, here's a guy uh, probably going to play the, the safety position. Uh, he, he might get moved to uh, maybe a corner, uh, but right now he's listed as one of the safeties. For Utah State, uh, he injured his leg uh, late in the season. There were concerns about how severe the injury was. And he gives an update on his health and what his availability is. And here's a guy that's just brimming with confidence. Not just for what, uh, and it doesn't seem, it's not cockiness, it's, it's confidence in his team, in his defense. And he talks a lot about his offense that he has to face every week and about what this team might look like for the 2019 season. So here's Shaq Bond, conversation I got to have with him yesterday at USU Football Media Day. Okay, here we go. Shaq Bond, uh, first of all, just how you feeling? Uh, how's your, your health as you're getting ready for fall camp? 
Oh, I feel great. Uh, you know, we have a great group of staff here at USU uh, with our, you know, training room athletics. Uh, they really didn't got me right. Therapy every day. I feel great, honestly, 100%. Yeah, we were hearing reports that you were kind of ahead of schedule the way things were maybe predicted when the injury first happened. Yeah, um, so right out of surgery, I was like probably like the first couple of weeks, I was already a month and a half ahead of schedule. Uh, already had my knees straightened back out. Uh, my bending mobility was already back to normal. Just after that, it was just really strengthening mobility after that. But just being able to bend and straighten it back out, that was the first thing that I needed to get done. How excited are you to get back into it? I feel great, to be honest. I'm excited. Uh, excited to play against, or not play against the coaches, but play for the coaches. Like, they're player-first coaches. I love them. They, they do a lot for us. And, you know, this team, it's a lot of hard work going on right now, and I can see that, so I'm very excited. Yeah, I wanted to ask, it's, a, it's almost an entirely new defensive coaching staff. Uh, well, and even some of the guys who were on defense are now switched and moved around a little bit. So what, what's that feeling in the room when you guys meet as defensive units and just with that coaching staff specifically? So that, it's a great feeling. Um, you know, we got a great, great defensive staff this year. Uh, last year we had a great defensive staff, like just losing uh, KP, Coach KP, Keith Patterson. That was uh, one of the best defensive coordinators I ever had. And, like, I was kind of like, dang, I'm a missile. But, you know, uh, Coach Anna, he's right there. He's not far behind. He's on us every day, making sure we do this and that. Uh, we got new safety coach, new corner coach. You know, we got Coach Con uh, Colin still helping out. These coaches, I, I love these coaches, to be honest. They're player-first coaches again. Okay, let's talk about the players. I mean, there have been uh, some key guys have, have left, uh, graduation or other. And so there's going to be some interesting position battles and trying to develop what that depth is in that secondary. What's some of your early observations right now? So a lot of people think, like, you know, well, we did lose, uh, like, maybe five, six key DBs, including linebackers, a couple, like, a DN or two. Um, but we honestly uh, added a, a couple great group of uh, guys, too. Uh, Braxton's healthy now. Braxton Gunther, he's back healthy, looking amazing. Um Tobias Gilliam, uh, also known as Cash, a.k.a. Cash, and then Troy Leifert, that They're a great group of guys right there. And then adding Cam Haney, and then um, who else? Uh, we got some new freshmen, Keith. We, you know, Oakley. We got it's a, it's, it's going to be fun. Like, people think that, you know, we're young. Yeah, we're going to be young. But we were young last year as well, too, so. Like, I, I expect big things out of them. I don't see any, like, fall off or, like, oh, you could tell they're freshmen. Like, everybody's playing. A couple years in a row, it seemed like Utah State struggled to get any kind of takeaways. And then last year, you guys just went nuts. Uh, one of the best teams in the country in, in takeaways. What what changed, if anything? And then how do you keep that going into this season? So last year, um, we got a lot of takeaways by practicing uh, – Strips, strip searches, that's what we call them, ball searches. Every practice, every time somebody's wrapping up, any third period, any period that's not full go, we're trying to get the ball out. Like, we come up, we're going to tag off, we're going to punch at the ball. Like, we're just finding different ways, try to see what type of things we can do to get that ball out of there. Um, you know, Coach KP, defensive staff last year, they preached that a lot. Like, they always said defense is the greatest, our greatest offense. So, like, as long as we do our part, you know, create turnovers, I give up more opportunities for the offense just to even go out there and dominate even more. You know, And then it's just great, like, 
you know, you ball search. You know, some people don't, like, really look for ball searching. Like, a running back could be running, like, worried about falling down, trying to catch balance, and then, boom, somebody come ball search out of nowhere. And, like, you know, it's just a great feeling to just be able to get a ball back to offense and just watch them play, too. With this team, it's with it seemed like there's maybe a little few more question marks offensively with this team, offensive line, wide receivers, things like that. So it seems like there's a little more experience and – and I don't want to say talent one over the other, but it seems like there's a little more there defensively for this team coming into the camp. I could be wrong, but so do you feel like if that's true, that gives you guys maybe a little more responsibility to make sure you do your job to help the team? So, yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, yeah, our, our, we lost a, a lot of key offensive players, including receivers and our mostly our whole offensive line. And um, just seeing what, like, from the progression of summer starting and then to now, like, you could tell those, like, just for the linemen, you could tell they were young guys, but now you could tell, like, okay, they've been in the film room, and they're outside every day after practice. Like, 6 a.m. runs, they're after 6.30, they're still out there working on plays, working on steps, kick steps, and all that. So, like, those young guys are really in the film room, really catching up to speed. Like, and then I'm not seeing any, like I said, any loss of step. You know, they got stuff to learn to, like, you know, become a better unit just because they haven't played games together yet. But practice-wise and, and communication, I, it's all there. And then uh, for the receivers, you know, we lost uh, Tarver, Green. Um, we lost some key guys from last year. But this year, like, we have a lot of a key guy. We have a lot of newcomers that's nice, too, as well. Uh, COC grad transfer, um, Caleb grad transfer, uh an additional um, even a JC um, JC guy, and then we have a lot of new freshmen. The freshmen and every new kid that's here from last year, I'm telling you, they're they're coming in nice. They're people only think we got a couple receivers, like oh, we only got a couple uh, experienced receivers. But yeah, I've been practicing with these guys every day, and these guys are coming with a chip on their shoulder. So, what do you in your personal uh, efforts, I guess, and what you're going to do for this upcoming season. How, wh- what do you feel like some things that you need to be working on this fall camp as it starts to unfold? Now it's going to be a full team here because in spring you didn't have everybody. You didn't really participate a whole lot. So what are some of the things that you personally feel like, this is what I got to do personally as a player to be better and to help my team win some games? So uh, that all started – I started thinking about that like uh, – in the spring, just being the first time sitting out of football, actually having to watch it and not being able to play or even practice. Um, I got to see how defensive were, like, schemes, concepts, because that was my first year. Uh, well, I'm only a year and a half being a DB, so, like, I still learn, like, why we do things the way we do or, like, why are we doing this and where's the key shots and stuff like that. But other than that, like, I just think for myself just to be a better leader, uh, you know, last year we had Gage Ferguson, you know, uh, John Trail, Wade. We had leaders, you know, older guys. And, I mean, I'm only going into my junior year, but I'm the most experienced DB safety-wise we have right now. So I got to take that into consideration and lead these group of guys. And not even saying, you know, you know, yelling or anything, but leading by example. Just, you know, showing them the ropes, showing them how we do things and stuff like that. But so far, I haven't – We everybody's on track. Like, I haven't had to say anything to anyone – Everyone's early to meetings, extra work. Like we're always together watching film, so I'm I'm excited for these group of guys. Cool. Uh, my last question—it's dumb—but how often do you get any James Bond references with your name? 
It's crazy because I honestly get it a lot. Like, <laughs> I just went to the dentist yesterday, and um, he was like, uh, Shaq Bond. He was like, you related to James Bond? And I was like, it's every time, just Bond, Shaq Bond. It's just always a movie <laughs> reference. Yeah, but I kind of embrace it because I kind of say it too sometimes now. I'll make fun of it, but it's pretty cool. You know, you know, James Bond's a very popular guy, so if, if, I, if I'm compared to him, I like it. <laughs> All right, Shaq Bond, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It was a dumb question, but he was really gracious and uh, had some fun with it. But Shaq Bond, brimming with confidence for his team. Uh, it's a great interview. He's uh, very entertaining and uh, great insight, too, with, um, with, the, with the people that are coming into the system. I think this time of year, a lot of us, maybe it's just guys like me in the media, I know fans do it a lot too, but you look at what was lost from last year, and oh, how how can those guys be replaced? Uh, you know, such great uh, contributors are are not going to be there. But this happens every year. These these teams bring in great talent, and great uh, people are developing behind the scenes that we don't always see. And so Shaq Bond pretty much uh, puts that out there that look there. Yeah, we lost some guys, but we've got a lot of great guys coming back, probably more than you realize, and not just at my position. So really interesting stuff there from Shaq Bond about uh, what that defensive secondary is going to look like and uh, offensively because these are guys that go against a really good offense every every week, uh, every day in practices. And so interesting to hear what he had to say and how he describes what this Utah State football team is going to look like this upcoming season. And speaking of offense – uh, I got a chance to talk with uh, Mike Sanford as well yesterday. And uh, similarly, I wanted to run his in its entirety. A little bit longer uh, segment here, but uh, similarly, some really great insight. Uh, as different, we, we go through the different positions on offense and some of the positional battles that are taking place. And pay attention to what he has to say about the quarterback position. I'm not speaking specifically about Jordan Love but about what might be developing and working on this uh, this Utah State football team uh, through, as the season progresses. Uh, some of it may be because of some of the things that Gary Anderson alluded to during his press conference yesterday, that uh, clearly there are agents and others that are getting in Jordan Love's ear, uh, try to get him to consider leaving Utah State after his junior season. Uh, and if that's the case... Utah State clearly needs to be able to have some other quarterbacks ready ready to go. And you never know when an injury is going to strike and a guy's not going to be able to go when your starter's not available. So uh, this is interesting insight from Mike Sanford, the offensive coordinator for Utah State, about developing that and the other positions as they're coming along for USU offensively and his philosophy about uh, what this team can do this upcoming season. So we'll have that. Uh, also, a little bit later on, we'll have our pick six. Uh, AJ will join us to give us his uh, insight as to what he observed today at Utah State's practice, their first official practice of the 2019 fall uh, season. All that's ahead on the Full Court Press here on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The new home for the Full Court Press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan.
Mike Sanford, um, offensive coordinator for Utah State. We've talked to you a little bit before, but as you've come into the fall camp, as you've seen what's happened in spring and some of the stuff in the off season, you haven't had a lot of contact with the guys, but as there's reporting, what are some of your initial reactions to this team as you get ready for fall camp? Well, you know, actually, I feel like I've gotten to know this team really well. It's, um, it's been a, a really, um, I, I feel like a really in-depth um, seven months since since this staff got here with Coach A, eight months now, really. Um, I, I just, I'm really excited about just the prospects that we have to, to grow as a unit offensively. We got a lot of pieces we know um, that, that left the building after the season was over um, to graduation and play in the NFL. Um, but I really like um, a lot of the, the young pieces that we have. I like, obviously, our quarterback and Jordan Love. I mean, he's a spectacular player, makes everybody else around him a better player. Uh, and then I like what we did in, in, in adding, you know, some, some pieces from the transfer market. Uh, I think that's really important to do uh, at Utah State. You know, you got to be creative. Uh, you know, certain positions are, um, you know, elite wide receivers don't grow on, on trees. And, uh, you know, I think it's important for us to go out and be creative with how we um, bring them onto campus, which really, if you look at it, it's relatively similar to what happened with Jalen Green coming to Utah State before his senior year as well. Um, so, uh, CLC Mariner, we're excited about the addition of him. Really excited about the addition of, uh, of Sean Carter, junior college wide receiver. Uh, and then very, very excited about a running back addition to, to compliment Gerald Bright, who's already a very good player. So, um, that young offensive line uh, is very talented. They're hungry. Um, they're the right kind of guys. Uh, and I think um, you know, whether they're, um, you know, at their peak performance uh, week one or week six, um, that's something that we as an offense, we have to do, uh, you know, schematically and um, in, in the play of our quarterback. We got we to make sure that that offensive line can get settled in early because there's, uh, there's obviously a lot of new starters in that group. With uh, some of the changes with, uh, let's talk wide receivers for just a second, with some of the guys that have, that have graduated and left, you had some guys that were great. Well, previously there were some guys that were great possession guys, yeah. big targets. They knew how to do the fader out really well, sidelines. Uh, there's a lot of smaller wide receivers now. So does that change kind of the the approach at how you spread them around and you spray the football around? Or is it, look, this is what we're going to do and we're going to get – we feel like we've got some guys that can still adapt to what we want to do. Yeah, I think there's a really good compliment um, to, you know, quote-unquote our smaller slot-type receivers. Uh, Jordan Nathan, uh, you know, really good spring. Taylor Compton might have had the best spring offensively of anybody in our unit. Uh, was outstanding this spring. Um, you know, Devin Tompkins is elite speed. Um, showed it last year as a true freshman at times in, in, in game. Um, um, but, you know, I, I think the one thing that, that we're not getting enough credit for uh, is, is the size that we added. Um, Caleb Rep at 6'5", 225 pounds. Uh, CLC Mariner, 6'3", Sean Carter, 6'3", um, Savon Scarver, 6'1", uh, who wasn't added but is here. Um, you know, I think uh, Johnny Carter, uh, incoming freshman receiver that's 6'1", plus, um, we're not going to be small. Um, and that was important in the recruiting, you know, in the offseason. We knew that Jordan felt very comfortable throwing to guys like, you know, um, uh, Ron Quavion and, and Jalen Green. Um, it, you know, but he also did, did pretty well throwing to Aaron Vons as well, who's, you know, he's, a, he's obviously more of a compact wide receiver. So uh, I think that compliment that, that we, we have, both the inside guys and the outside guys, uh, was really important for us to put together in the offseason. Dax Raymond, he's gone on to the NFL. Carson Terrell was able to be into the mix last year as well. He's going to be potentially playing a larger role, but there's a lot of other tight ends that are coming to the mix or back from missions or guys that have been in. Now it's an opportunity for them. 
How would you describe kind of this tight end unit right now? Well, you know, it's uh, it's competitive. Um, you know, Carson Terrell had a good spring. Um, we were a really good offense when I think Carson Terrell was, was, was in the mix and we were getting him involved because he is a long, big receiver uh, threat. Um, but he's a very capable blocker as well. He's physical. Um, really just kind of a, a, can do it all. That's why he's played since his true freshman year. I mean, didn't get didn't redshirt. Um Caleb Rep is, is going to be a different element that I don't think this league has seen because he's, he's got speed. Um, he's tall. He's got speed. He's got ball skills, and he's an elite competitor. And Coach, Coach A and his relationship, um, you know, having known, you know, COC and Caleb, um, you know, those, those, those young men wanted to flock here because of that relationship for their fifth year, fifth and final year, uh, in addition to, you know, other opportunities they had um, here at Utah State, you know, academically. So um, I, I think, uh, you know, after those guys, I think Travis Bowman is uh, probably the first guy to compete for playing time. Um, I think we're really looking forward to seeing, uh, you know, what Mo Manu, after getting his mission legs back underneath him, um, see what he's capable of doing. He looks good. He dropped some weight. Uh, he's in shape. He's, uh, he's free of injury. So um, fun, to, fun to watch his progression. And Bryce Mortensen is another one that had those mission legs. And, uh, uh, you know, that's – that's that's been fun for me to watch that process. It's it's unique, um, but uh, it's it's. I think that those guys are going to have a good fall camp. Uh, we've already talked about uh, offensive line, but how they work with the run game. The Gerald Bright, he's back. A great year last year. Uh, some of the guys are going to be around him, and just the, the the depth of the running back position and what you feel like you have right now. Yeah, I think you know Gerald Bright, Enoch Nawahine, you know by far you know the top two most productive players coming out of spring ball. Enoch was a great addition for us. Um, you know, he, he was coming off, uh, you know, went on a mission or was going to go on a mission then decided not to, sat out of football for a year. And, you know, he wasn't in shape when he came in spring. And he looked great, um, had a really good spring, very natural runner. Uh, G. Bright, uh, speed, um, competitor, leader, um, you know, can run in between the tackles, can hit the home run for you. Uh, but then we wanted to get some big cats too, you know, to, to tote the rock and went out and got Jalen Warren, uh, a lot of people down in the Salt Lake Valley know a lot about him just from his time at East High School and then, um, you know, kind of South Central Utah and Ephraim, Utah. They know about him from his time at Snow College. He's been dominant every level he's played football at. Um, not just good, dominant. Uh, I think he was the best back in junior college football, really. Uh, and that was important for us to replace Darwin. Uh, we needed a big guy that, that can also hit the home run. I think that's exactly who Jalen is. And then Riley Burt, Cash Valley, and, and certainly uh, Box Elder County knows a lot about this young man. And, you know, I think he, you know, he's got to come in here and establish himself uh, as a physical presence because he sure as heck looks like a, a big-time uh, you know, NFL-type, body-type running back. And uh, I think if he plays with that same type of, uh, you know, uh, same type of confidence he played with in high school, I think he's going to be a really good player. And then lastly, just your relationship with Coach, Coach Anderson now and with the rest of this, your offensive staff. As you guys went through spring together, you've had some time to evaluate and spend a lot of time together looking at film and preparing for. Now it's going to start really amping up. What's that relationship been like, and how do you guys look forward to these next couple of weeks before you have that opener? 
I think it starts with the head coach, the leadership of our program, the direction of our program. I think, um, you know, what I love about Coach A is that he's a guy that, um, you know, he, he is so genuine. He's so authentic. He's so real. And that's hard to come by um, in college football because, uh, you know, obviously there's a lot of a lot of spotlight on the head coach, um, you know, in any program, let alone at a Big Ten program like he was the head coach at Wisconsin. And um, just the humility, um, the kind of the, the servant-like attitude he has towards players uh, to, to to, to me, that permeates through our staff, and it makes it about these players. Um, you know, all summer long, we really had a chance to spend a lot of time around our players, breaking bread, cooking for them. Um, you know, the barbecues we had on on Wednesdays and Fridays with our players in in the quote unquote off season was uh, was really good. Um, I, I've learned a lot from Coach A in a short period of time. Um, the biggest thing I learned from him is just be yourself, uh, and, and he is exactly who he is all the time. And, and that's been been really fun to to be around somebody so authentic and so genuine. Uh, and then the coaching staff, um, I think it's seamless. Um, one, of the, one of the easiest group of uh, coaches that I've ever been around to, to be able to talk openly about ideas, to be able to challenge each other, but, but not uh, be combative at all uh, over scheme or, or decision-making. Um, I really like our offensive staff. Um, really feel comfortable with everybody in that room. And uh, really good coaches, really good people, great family men, um, and, and really just fun to be around. It makes going back to work. Uh, you know, after a great month of vacation with my family, a lot easier knowing you're going to be around, around some really good men. I forgot I was going to ask you too. As we'll wrap it up on this, just the, the backup quarterback situation. Uh, more quarterbacks in the room. Great talent. Certainly, Jordan Love's a great guy. He's he's the starter and should be the starter. But how do you like their development, and will they have some roles that they'll play as the season progresses? Yeah, I, that's a great question. I really like that group, um, top to bottom. I don't. I, I've not had a chance to coach uh, Cooper Lega and, uh, and and Josh Calvin, uh, the two incoming freshmen. Um, but I, I was involved in the recruiting process, and, and certainly have spent some time in the film room with them. But on the field, this will be the first time I've got to get to know their their unique skill sets uh, firsthand. Um, um, now, uh, Henry Columbi, uh, he's been awesome since I've been here. He's a savvy player, super confident young man. Um, you know, sometimes we got to reel him in because he's uh, always, always John at the corners, which I love out of the quarterback position. He's got some swagger and uh, some moxie to him. And then, you know, Andrew Peasley is, is to me, the modern-day quarterback. He's a 4-5-140. That's what he ran uh, when we tested him about a month ago. Um, you know, he's, uh, he can make the throws. Um, those two guys are going to be, uh, I think, uh, be critical parts of, of our success this season and beyond. Um, when you do have somebody as good as Jordan, um, I want to develop a, a, you know, an environment in that quarterback room where there's three starting quarterbacks uh, that are capable of going out and winning a Mountain West championship. And that's, that's our goal coming out of fall camp. Um, the number one thing is I want three quarterbacks that can go in any situation against any team, play at a championship caliber level to help this team get to a, our ultimate goal, which is to to win the elusive Mountain West Championship that we're looking for. Coach Stanford, thank you so much, and good luck this uh, as your fall camp gets underway. And gosh, what are we? Just three, four weeks away from the opener. I, I just it's uh, four weeks and two days. Yeah, so I, I just I just looked at it. So um, thirty days, thirty days. We're excited, and uh, we got a lot of work to to do before we're ready to go play uh, an ACC team that won a bowl game last year. But we're excited for that challenge. All right, thanks for your time. Yeah, thanks, Eric. That is Utah State Offensive Coordinator Mike Sanford. Really great stuff there. He wants three starting quarterbacks. Columbia's been getting a lot of experience. Calls Peasley the modern-day quarterback. Certainly he loves Jordan Love.
of what he's able to do. But also great insight, too, about the running backs, offensive line, tight ends, and this wide receiver group. Man, a lot of good stuff there from Mike Sanford. Uh, and you want to listen to that again if you missed it, or you want to listen to all of the audio that we got yesterday because we got a lot of stuff. It's all on CashValleyDaily.com. It's called Audio Vault. Very simple. From there, Audio Vault, USU Football Media Day 2019. And you can listen to them one by one, all the interviews that we did yesterday between the three of us. Uh, Ajay Salveson, joining us back on the Full Court Press. You got a chance to go and observe the first day of practice uh, today. And Ajay, what were some of your uh, reactions in the first day on the field for the Aggies for 2019? Well, since you just have Coach Sanford on, let's start with the uh, quarterbacks, running backs, receiver department. Uh, I was impressed. You know, Henry Columby... I know his twice. I mean, looks to me as far and away a second backup quarterback to love in case, and God forbid, anything happens to Jordan Love, uh, Henry Colmay will, will step in. And to me, I love what Henry's done. I think Henry's footwork, I thought it was good last year. It's great this year. His accuracy is there this year. He threw a few deep balls on fades um, during a, a one-on-one session with the receivers, and he was on the money with every single one of them, including a, I mean, an absolutely sexy catch by was it was it McKnight and I got to look again I got to remember who it was um on a just a, a adoring catch it was, he was being mobbed by Green by Jerem or Jared Green and uh, and left one up in the air and I mean it fell right into the bread basket and he had to catch it with one hand um I gosh I gotta find this guy now I just tweeted it out too uh Derek Wright excuse me number eighty three Derek Wright who was being guarded by Jared Green and and Peasley not Peasley excuse me calling me put it right on the money, and he was being mobbed, was right, by Derek Green, and he then, or Jared Green, and he turns around and catches it with his left hand only. I mean, he had nothing else. And so it was a great, I mean, great catch, but he was even a better throw with the coverage. Uh, I love, I love, 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 love Columby. I really do, and I'm, I'm kind of surprised he stuck around because knowing that love was going to be here, which means he was going to start, um, surprised that Columby, you know, decided not to transfer given you know how the how this day and age is. But give credit to Henry for sticking it out, being supportive of Jordan Love. Love what he's doing. In the running back department, Gerald Bright looks great. Uh, Anderson talked yesterday about how much he's going to be a pass catcher. It, he's right on the dot. And he was forced right with it, and it looked just like that. Um, a lot of a lot of routes being ran from, from the running backs. Great hands by Bright. Um, he looks good. He really does. He looks great. And then the receiver department, you know, there's some new guys. Um, I'll tell you this though, and I think it was mentioned yesterday with I can't remember if it was Sanford that or not Sanford, but uh, Anderson or if it was somebody else. It might have been Phillips with me, but they talked about look, we don't have size, but we have speed, a lot of it. And my gosh, there was balls that they were chasing down. Um, you know, maybe lofted a little bit too far. Just I mean, honestly, chasing it down, looking where the ball is, running to the spot. And, and getting there before the ball does, and, and with great hands, too. There's a lot of good hands on this side. Um, Jawarren, the uh, Warren kid, had a, had a few drops, actually. He didn't have the greatest uh, day one of camp. Uh, struggled in that regard. But uh, Jordan Nathan was great. Looked really, really, really good. Savon Scarver looked really good, too. Um, and Tim Patrick Jr., which is a name we haven't said at all. Tim no. Patrick Jr., was awesome today. Um, I thought, in fact, uh, Peasley found him down the sideline uh, on a really nice throw from Peasley. Uh, you know, 
he chased it down and uh, went for an easy six on. And that was Peasley's first throw on eleven on eleven. Um, and it was really impressive throw, but a great catch. Patrick Jr.'s got great speed. He's got good hands. He's got good length. Um, and so that's that's so. I mean, offensively, it's kind of what stood out to me. Uh, and, and you know, it's again, it's not gonna be a lot of height like we talked about yesterday. A deep threat. You usually look for that Randy Moss type guy or on Quavian Tarver if you want to look collegiate. Don't have really that. I mean, so it's all going to be based on let Jordan just throw it 20 yards ahead of you. You take a dead sprint, outrun your guy, and get there. And when I saw it today, they have a lot of guys who can do that. That's awesome. Um, We're going to take a quick timeout on the full court press. When we come back, maybe some of your observations on defense. Yes, let's do it. Some things that you saw there. We also have our pick six, which is uh, one of my favorite games that we play here on the full court press. No one cares. And we love to have you play along as well. I'm not even playing this week. We didn't even decided to play this week, remember? You said you didn't want to play this week. (laughs) We're busy. uh, uh, That's not true. We'll we'll squeeze it in. Uh, It's a tradition. Um, And my, my treat drawer is getting thin, so... You still have treats from three weeks ago. <laughs> and I've been eating them, by the well, way. I know, that's what I say. Office. It's getting thin. I didn't say it's empty. <laughs> just said it's getting thin. All right, so we'll have that coming up and more observations from Utah State's first practice in the books. And uh, that's coming up next here on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Hi, I'm Jay Broadbent from Alpine Home Medical. If you're living with a respiratory illness and need oxygen therapy, a lightweight portable oxygen concentrator, or a POC for short, is perfect for protecting you from nasty air while you're out and about. They're super easy to travel with, and they're even allowed on airplanes. Right now, at Alpine Home Medical, if you purchase any POC, you'll get an extra travel battery valued at over $400 for free. But that's only at Alpine Home Medical. Visit us at alpinehomemedical.com. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson, Utah State football holding their first practice today of the fall camp. Ajay got a chance to get up there and see what was going on. Where were they practicing today? Uh, they were the practice, practice field? field today, yep. It was hot, too, by the way. And I was on <laughs> grass, man. I was warm. Yeah, I was sizzling. All right, so we talked. You, you broke down some of the things that you saw on the offensive side. What did you see defensively out of Utah State? They're physical, they're not afraid to get in your grill. And, uh, and and push you around a little bit. Remember, you got that f- first five yards of beat the heck out of them. And after that, you have to kind of play hands-free and almost like you're handcuffed to try to get a, uh, a batted pass or a pick. But they are physical. Very, very physical. Um, and uh, they'll be there to let you know. I mean, now, granted, they had no pads today. It was just shorts and helmet with a jersey. Uh, but I was really impressed with a couple of guys. One name that you're going to hear a lot of, and I, and I, I really do think this, um, I'm, did you already play the Justin Enna audio, audio today? No. So in, in our interview with Justin Enna, he talks about some of the guys that stuck out, stuck out to him. Of course, you have the obvious, Shaq Bond. You have Andre Grayson Jr., which will be really good as well. One guy who I really liked and who stood out to me in spring and looks just as ferocious in the fall is Troy Leffridge Jr. This kid is willing to hit anybody who steps in his way. He doesn't care if the guy is 6'8", 285 pounds. He'll go head on with you, and he talks a lot. 
how is that something to say to almost every guy who he eyeballs with that's on the other side of the uh, of the ball? Uh, but no, he's great. He's aggressive. He gets after the ball. He can high point a ball really, really well. Uh, I was really impressed with the defensive line didn't do a whole lot. You know, it was pretty quiet on their end. Of course, again, you're in shorts, shirts, and, uh, and a helmet, so you can't do a whole lot. Um, but they uh, they did a lot of footwork in that regard, um, and, and it was decent. Um, there was uh, there was a drill where they did screens, and the, what they do is you throw the quarterback would throw a screen. It's almost like a bubble screen, and then it's one on one from the receiver to the D back with a you know a couple cones behind you to get to the end zone. Um, and uh, the goal for the offense is that you know ball security. The defensive back is to work on your footwork, stay in front of the defender, and tag him. Um, and really, from what I saw, Shaq Baum looks really good. I mean, this guy's coming off a serious knee injury or whatever, and he looks fresh as it looks. He looks brand new, Eric. Um, he and he's energetic too, as as you know. We in that interview, he's yep. very very energetic. Um, and he's but he's so he's so confident in his skill, and and I love that. Uh, David Woodward looks like David Woodward. I mean, as advertised by about every publication that is college or collegiate football out there. Um, he he's going to be a huge part of it. Um. Not a lot again from the whole defensive line. Um, Andre Grayson Jr. had a, a couple of nice bat uh, passes batted down, um, but for the most part, if I were to say uh, spot on, offense got the better of defense today. And by the way, we talked yesterday a little bit about the tight end position with the loss of Dax Freeman. Carson Terrell looked fantastic. I mean, really did he high pointed? Didn't look that great yesterday. Yeah, he. Yeah, uh, well, <laughs> don't don't do that. Don't, you, poor guy. Yeah, you, we were supposed to interview him. They said, ah, he went home sick. Yeah. Uh, no, he uh, he ran a uh, quick hitch route, had a high point of ball from Jordan Love, and did so. Defense looked great on the on the eleven on eleven though. Um, and on the very first on the very first play, which was a throw from Jordan Love, it was picked off. Um, I didn't get to see who got the pick, but uh, it was a pick off, went for six uh, the other way. Uh, the defense has a, does have a lot of energy, and I mean they're going to be just as aggressive. So everything advertised about the defense this year, and people who are wondering what kind of defense it will be, uh, worry no more. They look really good, and I I'm excited about it. Granted, yeah, as you said, just the first practice. They're only in yeah, it's only uh, day one, not in pads. Uh, but uh, good observations from the first day on the practice field. Uh, we, if you wanted to catch up with uh, Justin Enna, you want to hear what he had to say about camp, Mike Sanford, uh, Frank Miley, uh, Jason Phillips, C.J. Woods, or you want to hear from some of the players, there's a bunch. There's 16 different coaches and players that we spoke to collectively uh, yesterday in Media Day, and you can go catch that all online, cashvalleydaily.com. The, the, the headline is Audio Vault. Uh, USU Football Media Day, so uh, 2019. So a lot of a lot of great stuff. There. You know, go back and listen to it. It's crazy, Eric. And I mean, you sh- you expressed your excitement about fall camp finally being here for the last you know two or three days, and I was kind of like, yeah, it's here. We'll see, we'll see how it goes. I went there, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so good to be back. I mean, you just can't wait. I mean, August 30th could not come soon enough from uh, for us at six o'clock p.m. Mountain Time at Wake Forest. Um, a, a good way to start for playing ACC team. Um, I'm excited about a lot of things. And by the way, special teams looked really good too. Dominic Eberle was perfect from PATs and field goals today. Didn't miss one. Uh, in fact, had plenty of distance to spare on, e- on each of them. I think his deepest 
was from 40 out on the left hash mark, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but it was a great catch. I mean, not great catch. It was a great kick. Uh, he's he's still got it, man. He that's another finalist for a national award, and you can see why he's he's uh, gonna be one of the best in the country. Another great way to get yourself ready for 2019 football season. Daniel Hansen put together this piece. Did, have you read his piece? The top I, five plays from oh, USU football yes. in 2018 yes, by players returning in 2019. Uh, it's a fun way to remember the great season that was last year while also getting excited about those players who are coming back. So uh, Daniel Hansen breaks down some great plays uh, from individual Aggies and what they did last year. And these are the guys that are coming back that could have opportunities to make more great plays. And then he, he does it the top five. He starts at five and works his way up to number one. But then he has a, a bonus round, and it's a bunch of stuff from Jordan Love. <laughs> so I, I feel what he was probably, probably thinking in his brain as he's putting this together. How do you isolate just one play? Uh, and so there's a lot of great stuff there. It's definitely worth checking out. Hey, really quickly, I need to give a quick uh, uh, shout-out and appreciation to the USU Media Relations Department. We had a ton of interviews we asked them to task us with uh, yesterday with a very limited amount of time because the coaches had meetings Players had meetings as well, and they and they had a dinner to get to that night. I uh, want to thank to Doug Hoffman, uh, to Mike Palmer, I think it's Mike Palmer is his name, uh, to Megan, uh, and to the rest of the USU media relations crew, even Chase Hoffman if I have to, Taco. Uh, they, I just want to tell them thanks because what we ask them to do uh, is, is a lot, and they never, ever get the credit that they deserve. They honestly deserve so much of it. Um, for everything they put together for us. So a big thanks to the media relations department. We are not done bugging you yet. We're only starting. So uh, have fun. <laughs> yes, good stuff. Uh, so uh, that's, yeah, more that we'll break down. We'll continue to give you good details, uh, from reports from practice over the next several weeks as we were able to go attend those and get uh, uh, audio and observations from the players and coaches as it unfolds. Uh, coming up next here on the Full Court Press, pick six time. We're not doing I just told you. I don't. <laughs> and some of the big trades that went down last minute in Major League Baseball. The, the biggest trades were those that came last minute. So uh, a quick look at those as well. Coming up next on the Full Court Press. The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson. It's the Full Court Press on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. Streaming online, 1069thefan.com. That's where you can also find past episodes. Or we're on, we're, we podcast and push it out to various different uh, podcast platforms like Spotify, Stitcher, and others. So uh, On Thursdays, it's a great tradition. Wonderful thing that we get to do. We have fun doing the pick six. Six things we think might happen this weekend. It's Ajay's favorite game. We oblige. We let him still play. Shut up. His win-loss record isn't the greatest. Well, it's not my fault exactly. Are you eating over I'm there? eating because I'm depressed. <laughs> You're depressed eating? You're emotional. Uh all right, we got to get through this. We don't have a lot of time. 
Oh, and you know you're going to take four minutes, and then gonna, I was actually going to let you go first. Okay, my first one tonight: the Hall of Fame game. Preseason football is here. Um, let's see. Let me make up this while I'm on the fly. Denver and Atlanta. Matt Ryan will throw one touchdown. Yes or no? Uh, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say no. Okay. Tonight, Denver and Atlanta. Denver will have two and a half sacks. Yes or no? So Denver sacks. Oh, under over. Sorry. Set at two and a half. Yes. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna take the over. I'm going to take the under. And then my last one. Tampa Bay and Boston tonight. Uh, Tampa Bay by two and a half. Over under. I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take the under as well. Okay. Oh, I forgot my music. Well, thank the Lord. This is our pick six music today. All right, AJ, you're on the clock. WNBA this Sunday. Natasha Howard points versus the LA Sparks. Oh, man. 18 and a half. Over Um, or under? Let's just say over. Because I like the name Splatasha. Natasha. Oh, crap. Well, maybe under. No, hold on. We'll go over. Uh, I'm going to take the under. Good for you. Who gets the win on Sunday? You Darvish or Adrian Hauser? You Darvish. This is the Cubs versus the Brewers. Of course it is. Got to plug the Cubs in there, Eric. Got to get them in somehow. Go with Darvish. Try hard. And Atlanta versus... uh, Denver versus Atlanta, Hall of Fame game tonight. Broncos by three and a half. Over or under? Under. I am going to take the over. Unless it's 28 to three Atlanta, we're going to blow it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Hey, another great day of fall camp today. Uh, It's open tomorrow, I believe, Eric. Fall camp is... Yep. For all boys and children of the world, if they want to go out and uh, and, and watch this squad. Um, so, uh, in fact, they don't have a lot of open dates in for in regards of... Uh, no, it's like this week, next week. And that's, and it. that's it. And then they're off to like the 15th. And then you see them for like a practice and then they're you got your scrimmage. Yep. So, uh, you got about a week to see them if you want to go see them, which I, I would strongly suggest you do. Uh, it's exciting. I'm excited. Hey, quickly, Major League Baseball trades. Uh, the biggest one, Zach Greinke going uh, oh, to dude. Houston. Makes me sick. That's probably the, the biggest that did happen. It's absolute baloney. Uh, Scooter Gennett goes uh, to the Giants. Clearly the Giants are saying, look, we, we still believe in our team. We're going to still make a run. Uh, Cubs made some trades, tried to bolster their offense and their pitching rotation. Um, there was There was kind of a big deal. With uh, the, the, I guess the, the biggest trade was with the Reds acquiring Trevor Bauer. Yasiel Puig left, went to the Indians. <laughs> Got in a brawl after or just before he left. <laughs> so, just for good measure. There were some things that did happen, but they all seemed to happen kind of on the day of, which was interesting. Uh, not, not too many days before. But 
Uh, it'll be interesting now as these teams start to the stretch run for Major League Baseball. Good luck. Have a great night, everybody. Yeah, we'll be back tomorrow. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. The success of the Dodgers and Yankees has been one of the main narratives of the baseball season, and those of us of a certain age are nostalgic for great World Series matchups of the 1970s. It's very possible L.A. and New York could end up getting through, but neither team did much to help themselves at the trade deadline, and both teams could have used some help with pitching. Certainly the Dodgers in the bullpen and the Yankees with their starters. But the rivals, Astros and Braves, did add pitching that could make a big difference down the stretch. I understand what they're doing. The Yankees don't want to relive the Steinbrenner years. They're more patient. They try to look big picture. Meanwhile, the Dodgers have added players at the deadline the last couple of years, and they still can't get over the hump in the World Series. No need to panic. They're almost definitely going to reach the postseason, but once October rolls around, these two will have plenty of competition as contenders around the league gear up for the stretch run. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.